Everybody. Welcome to Lex On Demand. My name is Lex Porter, your host, and welcome to the very first episode, the launch of my podcast. I'm so excited that you guys decided to sit here and listen to me, and I'm hoping that you're having a great day, and let's get straight into it. We're going to have fun on this podcast. We're going to talk about sports on this podcast, pop culture, what happened during the week, all that jazz. We're going to have some fun doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's get straight to it with our first segment of the week. Okay, guys, now it's time for the three, two, files. The three, two, files of the week are essentially my top five of the week of anything that happened in the sports world. So it can be from the NBA. It can be from the NFL. It's just anything that honestly, truly just stuck out to me. So here are my top five and three, two, files of the week. So let's start off number one with Joel Embiid. So last Sunday, Joel Embiid got booed by his own fans when they were playing against the Bulls. He was shushing the fans essentially because the fans were feeling a certain type of way because they just came off of a four game losing streak and it didn't help um, off the court wise. I mean, the Sixers were truly struggling via the media from Ben Simmons calling themselves soft to Joel Embiid publicly admitting that they don't really know their team's own pace on the floor. Sometimes they're too slow, sometimes they're too fast and they're inconsistent essentially. But this inconsistency is not going to matter for the playoffs indefinitely if they're trying to run for the chip. And even if they want to rematch, you know, the Bucks for the Eastern Conference Finals. So this inconsistency isn't helping. However, after the Sunday game, even though they won against the Bulls, Joel Embiid then tweeted on Monday in response to his own fans booing him that you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Jimmy Butler, ex-Sixer, then co-signed it by retweeting, I know a place where the villains are welcome. Sorry, subtweeting, I know a place where the villains are welcome. This was preluding to the Tuesday game against the Clippers where the crowd let up on them when they won against the Clippers in a 110-103 home victory. Either way, with all this mess going on, I, I'm hoping that, essentially, long story short, that this is the start of the Sixers, you know, revamping their system. They went through a little rough patch, but I'm hoping that this is the timing that they can get it together, that they can refocus, that they can recenter, because essentially, as everybody has said, and they know it themselves, they have all of the necessary pieces that they need. They just need to trust themselves trust their gut because they literally have every single piece they could possibly think of and honestly one of the best front courts and honestly you have big men that can play small ball you don't have to do what houston is doing by getting small men to play small ball because they want to play small ball you have big men that can play small ball and you need to utilize that to the max on tuesday against the clippers Embiid finished with 26 points 8 of 17 for shooting nine boards and two assists 
So it looks like they're back on the rise essentially, but I would really hope that the Sixers get it together. I am rooting for them, even though I am a hardcore Bulls fan. I'm ride or die, you guys. I'm from Chicago and I ride or die with my home teams. But long story short, I'm really hoping that they work out their kinks and inconsistencies so they can be a real contender in the East as they should be. Alright guys, so at number two of my 3-2 files of the week, is Tom Brady truly headed to LA? So the other day, the LA Chargers released Phillip Rivers and the team is now looking for a new and improved franchise face. NFL's network Ian Report reported that the Chargers will be making a move for Brady to complement Brady's championship-ready mindset. Brady also liked the Chargers IG post of Philip Rivers released the other day. So fans are speculating the NFL world is buzzing. Is Tom Brady actually going to go to LA and comma, is this actually the best move? So after I was listening to a bunch of few of my favorite podcasts, such as Jalen Jacoby, Undisputed, just to name a few, SVP, those are, and All Smoke, can't forget about that one. I like that one with Matt Barnes, but just to name a few, a lot of what the NFL is saying is that one the Chargers should probably look internally before they should go and try to get Brady for external purposes so internally they do have a few good options um, to Rod Taylor and Easton Stick and Taylor is 23 21 and 1 as a starter and Taylor is also 30 years old now the reason that 30 years old really sticks out to me is because Tom Brady is currently 43 Age is starting to become a huge thing, and I don't see a lot of old quarterbacks that are trying that are winning Super Bowls per se. And Brady said that he wants to keep playing until he's 45. And one to say that okay, we're going to change our franchise to an old, older type of quarterback. You have to understand like, is this truly the best bet in terms of one? Are we going to sit here and restructure and build like Kansas City did, like Baltimore did? And we're just going to wait for that quarterback to mature and just kind of wait for it like Seattle did? Or are we going to bring in somebody and then kind of build a super team around it? It's similar to the NBA. The NBA does it all the time with LeBron coming in, with OGs coming in such as Carmelo. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So it, it varies of which way you really want to go. Do you want to stay young and just build internally, like I said, like a Seattle, like a Baltimore, like Kansas City? Or do you want to bring in somebody that's a little bit older and has more under his belt and let's try to get a championship and run for it this year? However, it's hard getting to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is nothing born to Tom Brady. That at 43, it's getting harder and harder, and he wants to play until he's 45. So I think that one, the charges before making even a run for him, should one, look at to truly see if this is the best option, two, for Brady to see, is this really a best option for me to go to LA? Now, on the Patriots end, people keep speculating, you know, okay, the Patriots want him, or no, the Patriots don't want him. However, comma, I personally feel like if the Patriots truly wanted him to stay, he would have had an extension from his two-year contract deal. Because I personally don't think Bill Belichick is trying to pay him until he's 45 years old and still have to pay everybody else around him, young, dynamic guys, and now you have a 45-year-old quarterback. I think they're trying to restructure, rebuild, similar to how Golden State is right now. That doesn't mean they're going to be, per se, trash. They're still going to be a threat. But I think they're trying to, okay, let's go younger, let's restructure, let's refocus. So I think that's what they're essentially trying to do right now. However, comma, 
nobody's really sure and nobody's really sure if Tom Brady's honestly truly gonna go to LA people are speculating also because of family reasons it's a great place you know to retire and things of that nature or do you want to have a full-fledged career and you know just finish it out with the Patriots you already made a long-lasting legacy money's not really an issue for you you're, you know you're set in stone for life you're gonna be essentially like the king of New England similar to how Michael Jordan is almost for Chicago for the Bulls even though Chicago is more of a football town but the same argument can make can be made kind of for basketball purposes but I don't know I think either way it's gonna be an investment I personally think Brady should stay and finish out his career as a Patriot he's made such a tremendous mark in football as a Patriot he should stay as a Patriot but you never know. And I think the Chargers should be smarter and just think a little longer if this is truly what they want to do because they do have a lot of good internal options that they can build around. So we're going to keep an eye on that. But those are my quick thoughts on the number two on the 3 2 files. All right, guys, now it's time for number three of the 3 2 files of the week. Hey, <laughs> sorry. I don't know why I was saying that. I don't know. I was feeling it. You know, we were going in the flow of things. We get into the rhythm of things. So, number three. Okay. Number three I want to talk about is the XFL relaunched their league this past weekend. So, if you don't know, the XFL is similar to kind of like the three big league or arena football, where essentially it's not per se the minor leagues, because like baseball and basketball, for example, have minor leagues, such as minor league baseball <laughs> or the G League. It used to be called the D League, the developmental league, but they changed it for Gatorade. But that's essentially what the XFL is. And they have eight teams competing in a 10 game season and a two week postseason. And their seasons happen right after the Super Bowl. So it's during kind of like the earlier winter months through spring. So last week they relaunched. They originally launched in 2001. And last week they relaunched, aired on NBC. And it was his first week. And it got huge ratings, unexpected ratings. So they their first week ended up with 3.12 million viewers and drew over 17 million fans in attendance airing on NBC. It also surpassed the AAF, which is the Alliance American Football League, in ticket sales in an entire season just in one week. So the XFL, also the rules are a little bit different. It's more so, I would say, probably wrestling inspired. Um, it's not per se real football, but a lot of people were trying to debate whether the question is, is the XFL here to stay or is it going to go away like it did in 2001? I personally think the XFL might stay, comma, because it's great for football fans to get a little quench of their thirst once regular pro season is over, once college season, college season, excuse me, is over. It gives them time to you know, quench that thirst. And if you're really hungry for football stuff, hey, go ahead and watch the XFL. I mean, I will personally be cheering for the Chicago Enforcers. I just realized that we had a team, so shout out to the Chicago Enforcers. So I'll be cheering for y'all. But I mean, a little bit of the XFL, it does lack a little bit of its star power, but it still draws in viewers by some of the rules changes. So they changed some rules by having modified kickbacks to encourage returns and the elimination of extra points. I think that can be cool. I think not having a kickoff, it, it does eliminate some of the, kind of similar to baseball where it's almost like wasted time. You know how in baseball when they like walk up to the plate and they take forever like, you know, to readjust their stuff and then they swing and they miss and then it's a strike and then you gotta readjust your stuff all over again. So I think, you know, taking the time to reduce the kickback time, it's definitely gonna help 
the pace of the football game go a little faster. So it looks like this new formula is working. A lot of people disagree. Johnny Manziel mentioned that the XFL is not gonna do its thing. However, Johnny Manziel is unemployed, so I don't know why he would say that. However, comma, um, you know, we're gonna see, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna see what that leads to, but I thought it was interesting. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. So that's my little tidbit on the XFL. Also, go ahead and Google the eight teams that the XFL has. I recently found out that we had a Chicago team, so I'm lit, but go ahead and see if you have a favorite team. It's about eight teams, and there's like 5,000 LA teams, so if you're from the West Coast and you're from LA, you have plenty to choose from, but go ahead and look up to see if you have a favorite team, and yeah, that's all I have for this section. We're going to move on to the next one. Okay, guys, now it's time for number three of the three two files of the week, so... Number three comes from the Olympic men's team has been announced for the Olympics. So I am just going to read all of the players just down the list and I'm just going to read. So the Olympic team roster is as follows. Bam Adebayo, LaMarcus Aldridge, Harrison Barnes, Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, Michael Conley Jr., Steph Curry, AD, DeMar DeRozan, Andre Jumman, KD, Paul George, Draymond Green, James Harden, Montrell's Harrell, uh, Joe Harris, Tobias Harris, Gordon Hayward, Dwight Howard, Brendan Ingram, Kyrie, Bron Bron, Kuzma, Kawhi, Damian, Brooke Lopez, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, JaVel McGee, Chris Middleton, Donovan Spidey Mitchell, Victor Oladipo, Chris Paul, Mason Plumley, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Clay Thompson, Miles Turner, Kimba Stepback Killer, Walker, Westbrook, and Derek White. Okay. The only thing I am going to say about this bogus, yes, I said bogus, and quote it, dock it, because I am highly irritated and highly upset that Zach Levine is not on this list. I repeat, quote it, dock it, do whatever you gotta do, because I said it here, folks, first. Zach Levine is not on this list, and I am pissed, pissed. And it's sad because Nobody is paying attention to Zach Levine, who's been straight out balling, killing these people, flat out balling, balling, because he's on a sucky team known as the Chicago Bulls. But I'm just going to read his numbers within the last five games. Last five games since Sunday. Okay, so in his last, excuse me, his last four games. So his last four games, he scored 18, 22, 32, and 41, with playing 33, 30, 40, and 37 minutes in all four of those games, and they took hot L's. And it's such a shame because one, he got snubbed for All-Star, which I'm still pissed about, and it makes no sense because this is the first All-Star game in my hometown of Chicago since MJ, since MJ. And there's no reason that Zach should have been snubbed. Are you are you telling me that Zach Levine is not as good as Trey Young? That's not to say Trey Young is trash, but you're telling me he's not as good as Trey Young. You're telling me he's not as good as Kimball Walker, et cetera, et cetera. Like, especially on this Olympic team roster, Kyle Lowry, y'all? Kyle Lowry? You're telling me he's not as good as Kyle Lowry? Michael Conley Jr.? I mean, some of these dudes, uh, Kevin Love, y'all? Kevin Love? You telling me Kevin Love is balling harder than Zach Levine right now? Y'all, I mean, 
The reason I'm so passionate about this because Zach is literally balling out of his mind right now for Chicago and they keep taking L's. Like it's similar to the Atlanta Hawks right now, whom I love by the way, I do love the Atlanta Hawks, but it's similar to the Atlanta Hawks right now because it's like, even though the Hawks, you know, record is trash, they're still exciting to watch for some reason. Some reason you still have hope for them because, because you see the potential. You see the potential that's gonna happen in the future. Versus the Bulls, it's like, yo, we suck and nobody's watching. So you can't have both in a row. But however, the one thing that's working for the Bulls is Zach Levine. And a lot of that is honestly due to injury though. A lot of the sucking is due to injury. Otto Porter is hurt. Um, uh, Wendell Carter, he's hurt. Um, there's a lot of people hurt. Uh, and I think Chris Dunn, you know, just sat out for a sprain or so. So there, if Zach already has no backup as it is. And the backup that he has is hurt. And the backup that's hurt is honestly not that good themselves. So it doesn't really balance out. But nobody's really paying attention to Chicago right now. And I think it's just such a shame. It's such a waste that nobody's paying attention to Zach Levine right now. And it irks me that out of these 44 men, that Zach Levine is not on this list. And he's out balling. He just dropped 41 against the Sixers. The number one topic I just talked about to start off the 3-2 files against Embiid and his squad. I mean, I just, oh, you guys, I, this is, I'm so passionate about this because I love the Bulls. I've loved the Bulls since I was a little girl. I'll forever love the Bulls. But you cannot tell me right now that Zach Levine is not balling. And it's such a shame and it's such a waste because I don't want to see Zach Levine go, you guys. Like, I'm scared he's going to leave us because we're not appreciating him enough. And nobody's really caring because he's on a sucky team called the Chicago Bulls. And I have every right to call him sucky, you guys, because I have stuck it with them. I stuck it through them guys from the very beginning. I started really getting into basketball probably around the Ben Gordon, the Ben Wallace era, the Carlos Boozer era. And then of course Derek came and Todd Gibson and then Kirk Heinrich and that era. So I've been watching the Bulls for a very, very, very long time and I will continue to watch them. And it's just something I'm genuinely passionate about. And I'm sorry if I was getting a little bit more energetic on this section because it's such a shame because Zach Levine is so talented and nobody's caring and nobody's paying attention because he's on the sucky bull. So I'm a little irritated at this Olympic roster list. I mean, ugh, Zach Levine could have replaced any of these people and it's so frustrating, but it is what it is. But Zach, if you ever listen to this, if you ever hear this, I will be cheering for you in the All-Star Game. I think you are a great basketball player. I am definitely paying attention to you. I am seeing you. I am hearing you. I am looking at you. And I hope you do well in three-point contests. I do think you were cheated out of the All-Star Game. However, comma, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man, but I'm here. I'll be supporting you on this podcast. And yeah, you guys, I'm sorry. It's just something that really bothers me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Zach Levine is top tier. And that's all I have for number three. All right, guys, I got to take that last one off. Woof. But moving on to number five of my three, two files of the week. I want to talk about da, 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 my favorite NBA trades. So there were a lot of trades that were made, you guys. Way too many to keep track of, to keep up with. But there were a few. It was about four or five that really stuck out to me. So 
Number one was the four big was excuse me was the four team 12 player trade agreement between Houston, Atlanta, and Minnesota, where Houston will be receiving Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a 2024 second round pick New Golden State. Atlanta, my fave, will be receiving Clint Capella and Nene. Minnesota will be receiving Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, and Jared Vanderbilt. Denver will be receiving Gerald Green, excuse me, Gerald Green, Keita Bates Diop, Shabazz Napier, Noah Van Lee, and a 2021st round pick via Houston. The second trade that really stuck out to me was Iggy is going to Miami in a six-player trade where Miami will be getting Andre Godala, Solomon Hill, and Jay Crowder, and the Memphis will be getting Dion Waiters, who is now waived and the LA is trying to look for him, but TBD on that, but Dion Waiters at the time, Justice Winslow, and James Johnson, and the Timberwolves joined in later in on the action and will be receiving Luau Dane for James Johnson. Number three was Andre Drummond is gone, y'all. So Andre Drummond is headed to the Cavaliers after an eight-long season, and the Pistons will be getting John Henson and Brandon Knight. Number four, Isaiah Thomas is going to the Clippers, along with Marcus Morris in a three-team trade where Jerome Robinson went to the Wizards, and more Harkless in a 2021st round pick will be going to the New York Knickerbockers. Okay, fun fact. I will say the New York Knickerbockers on this podcast anytime I'm referring to the Knicks because I like saying the word Knickerbockers. It's a really fun word. So if you don't know, a Knickerbocker are the OG pants I used to wear in like the 1700s. So I really like saying the full entire word. I think it's a cool word. So that's why I will be probably saying the New York Knickerbockers because I just think it's a cool word. Or excuse me, word. Okay, so number five, the last trade that really stuck out to me was uh, the D-Lo trade where D'Angelo Russell was sent to Minnesota via Golden State in exchange for Andrew Wiggins. The Warriors also picked up a 2021 first protected round pick and a 2022 second round pick and Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans along with them. So, honestly, these were the trades, I guess you could say, that stuck out to me. But the trade I was really concerned about was Atlanta. Like I said before, I love Atlanta. And when I was, let me clarify that, when I was comparing Zach Levine and Trey Young. I wasn't saying one was better than the other. I'm just saying Zach Levine is as good as Trey Young in my eyes, just in a different way. However, comma, that's debatable. However, back to what I was saying for this number five pick of the of the week. Um, I really like what Atlanta is doing, you guys. I just feel so happy and relieved that Trey has some backup and Trey has some help with Clint Capella. I think it was a win-win situation for Houston and for Atlanta. I think Houston going small is probably gonna work for them better because the OG, you know, hero ball type of basketball era has been gone for a while since the Splash Brothers first came about. That OG type of basketball is essentially over. And so more and more teams are trying to readjust. And like I said earlier, you guys, I said that earlier with the Sixers. The Sixers are essentially trying to do the same thing by having big men play small ball, but it's hard to find big men that can play small ball and handle it like a point guard, like a LeBron, like a Ben Simmons, et cetera, et cetera. And that's exactly what Houston is doing. And that's why they don't have any centers. It's completely, they're completely all in with small men. And I like the way it's going. It makes the game faster. It makes the game more of a team effort instead of hero ball. And that's similar to what Atlanta is trying to do. However, no, there is not, and now there is in Clay Capella, however, comma, there wasn't a stable second player besides Trey. It was like Trey, and then everyone else was like a probably like a B minus C plus. So Trey is like an A plus, A plus, A plus, and everybody is like a B minus C plus type of level. 
and there was no balance because there was nobody in the middle to kind of like okay catch Trey on a bad day and be there for him and also be a, be a star in his own right and that's exactly where Clint Capella comes in they're both young players that can give a fresh young dynamic to the squad it's still a young squad that's not to say the rest of the squad was trash I do think John Collins and Kevin Herter they did have a lot to contribute however they just weren't there yet I mean Trey came into the league already on a different level it was him and him Luca were neck and neck and they're still neck and neck and Luca and Trey are essentially just on a different level and John Collins unfortunately and Kevin Herter and honestly the rest of the front and back court was just not enough to sustain Trey's greatness. And so they had to bring in other pieces. But while they were bringing in other pieces, they had to let go of a lot. Y'all, like the Hawks let go of a lot of people that they had to to make room for Clint Capella. And hopefully, and I know they did, honestly. And I, and I know I didn't mention it, but they did bring in a lot of other good pieces here or there to fit in because they did let go of a lot of players. So I'm hoping Atlanta, everything works out for you guys. I love y'all. I go to school in Atlanta. Y'all know I love y'all. And I'm hoping that it works out for y'all. I'm excited to watch and see what's going to go on for the rest of the season. Trey, I'll be cheering for you at the All-Star Game, honey. I'm so glad that you are starting, my dude. I'll be cheering from Atlanta. You know, have fun in Chicago. Go get you some Pertillo's. Get some Chicago food. Go to Sharks. Go to Harold's. Get some mild sauce. Go to Pertillo's. Get an Italian beef. You know, do all the Chicago things. Have fun. Get deep dish. You know what I'm saying? So I hope you have fun back home. Get some great Chicago food. And we'll be cheering for you from Atlanta. So, all right. So that's basically my little tidbit. But that wraps up the three two files of the week. All right, guys. Now it is time for the last segment of today's episode. It is called lipstick and layups. So lipstick and layups is essentially just bullet points of things that I noticed throughout the week in sports culture. So like Sergi Baca's scarf, for example, or pop culture, or things that I just thought were cute and just wanted to mention. So for starters, on a more serious note, the Lakers had to hold a memorial for Kobe and the victims on February 24th at Staples Center. I won't spend too much time on it. As we all know, it was an extreme tragedy. We pray for all the victims and their families, and we hope to honor you guys, and your legacy truly lives on. So, next on the list, KD admits to having multiple burner accounts on all the Smoke podcasts, which, duh, I knew that was for sure. I mean, he was way too sensitive not to have burner accounts. I mean, come on. Next, we have my favorite Oscar look. So, the Oscars happened the other day, and there were a lot of good looks this year. I was really surprised, so a few of my few of my looks and my picks that I liked and if you don't know some of the actors or the actresses I didn't know some of them either but their gowns were gorgeous so look them up if you want to but a few of my top looks that I saw were Brie Larson in the Celine gown on Adriana Lima I think that's how you say and Ralph and Russo Janelle Monae and Ralph Lauren Tessa Thompson in Versace Shea Mitchell by Hanyada Candice um, Swanepoel and, ooh, this is hard, guys. Bear with me. Zwanahir Murdad. And then finally, Sierra by Ralph Russo. So I really love those. And speaking of Sierra, um, I want to talk about one. Congrats, Sierra and Russell, on your new baby coming soon. And also, you guys, 
I love Russell Wilson's hair. I think it looks very good on him. I think he should stick with this. He shouldn't change it. I'm loving the wet hair look. I'm loving the longer hair, the messy hair. So it looks good on him. And speaking about babies, also congrats to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Whoa, I said it right that time. Antetokounmpo on a new baby boy and his girlfriend. So congratulations for all of them. And I hope that you guys are enjoying your new son. And next on the list, the All-Star Game is happening this weekend, A back in my hometown of Chicago. And I will be watching, you will be watching, everybody will be watching. I think it will be a great All-Star Game. I think it's really cool. I think a lot of fun stuff are going to happen this year. I truly think that, honestly, this All-Star Game is going to be the start of a revival. The All-Star Game has honestly gone downhill for a while, you guys. It's been lackluster. It's been kind of boring since the Zach Levine-Aaron Gordon dunk contest. And since whatever year that was with J. Cole when he performed, I think it was in Charlotte, but I can't remember the year. But since then, it's been, eh, it's been lackluster, but I think this year is going to be revamped. I think we're going to get back at it. I think it's going to be fun again. And also, shout out to the NBA for making the teams for Braun and Giannis. They're going to wear two and 24. Braun will be wearing two, and Giannis will be wearing 24 for Kobe and Gianna, so I think that's gonna be really cool. But yes, I'm excited. And also another thing I'm excited about the All-Star Game is the Celebrity All-Star Game. I think we have great team captains this year. We have Stephen A. Smith himself and Michael Wilbon, the homie, hometown hero. So I think they're gonna be hilarious having us team captains, or I'm sorry, team coaches. And then team captains are gonna be Chance the Ramper and Common, two Chicago artists. I think that's going to be funny. I think it's going to be hilarious. And we have some great celebrities also in there. We got Quavo playing. You know, we have a few good people in there, so I'm excited. I think this All-Star Game is going to be actually really fun. So, next, I just want to quickly mention Nicki Minaj. So, a lot has been going on with Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj is honestly one of my personal favorite rappers. I just like her since, I don't know, just forever. I just think she's really versatile in her style, like from pop music to you know, hip-hop, R&B itself, I just think she's really versatile and she's good at what she does. However, there's a lot in her personal life I definitely don't agree with. However, I really want to talk about, briefly, the Yikes song, her single that just released a couple of days ago, and the bar regarding Rosa Parks. Yikes, that was definitely the right word for it because it did not go over so, so well on social media. And people were definitely like, girl, what? Um, I definitely think it was, she didn't word it the right way. I think it was sus. However, comma, there are a lot, a lot of rap songs that are sus with super sus lyrics that we just like overlook and like don't pay attention to because the beat hard or whatever. But yeah, that line was very sus. However, there's a lot of rap songs that are very sus with a very lot of lyrics. I just think that the Rosa Parks one just really stuck out. It was Black History Month. It was the beginning of Black History Month. And nobody really uses a historical, like, reference, you could say, when talking about stuff in lyrics. So it was just, unless it's like a historical type of song, like a comment or whatever, like Lori, but it was, um, it was sus. I'm not gonna lie. It was very sus. However, comma, I still think it's a cute song. Like bop to whatever, show to. I think it would be cute. You know, if it comes on, you know, I'll definitely like, you know, yikes. Da, 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 da. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. And then of course the Nicki Minaj and Meek Mill beef. I'm not even gonna speak on that. I just wanted to say, it's a lot going on. It's a whole lot, a whole lot. But yeah, that's that on that. And then lastly, you guys, 
So I've been watching this show called American Beauty Star. I just wanted to put this out there. So if you're obsessed with like fashion like me and makeup and stuff, um, there's two shows I highly recommend. It's Project Runway, one of my favorite shows to watch ever, and American Beauty Star. American Beauty Star is essentially just the makeup version of Project Runway, and it's hosted by Ashley Graham, supermodel, and uh, Sir John, Beyonce's makeup artist. I've really been getting into that show, and I watch TV a lot, fun fact, so I just wanted to mention that if anybody's really interested in hair and makeup and want to watch something fun, just to relax or whatever, so I highly suggest it. But that's all I have for lipstick and layups, you guys. And thank you for bearing with me, bearing through my rambling for this episode. And I'm so glad that you guys made it to the end. Woo, congrats. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening to me. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.